Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the purposes of God as we pick up in Joshua chapter 23, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. We read in the book of Acts that Herod stretched forth his hand against the church, and he had James beheaded. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, this was James, the brother of John, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he put Peter in prison intending to bring him forth the next day for a trial and execution. And the church got together and prayed. And about the midnight hour, an angel of the Lord appeared to Peter in the prison and said, put your shoes on, Peter. And Peter put his shoes on. He says, follow me. And the gates all started opening automatically. And Peter followed the angel out. And when they got outside of the prison, the angel left him. And all of a sudden he realized he wasn't dreaming. He thought this was just a dream. But it's chilly tonight and I'm out here and it's not a dream. It's real. I'm free. So he went to the house where the church was holding a prayer meeting. And he knocked on the door. And the young girl, Rhoda, came to the door and he said, let me in, it's Peter. And she was so excited, she ran back to the prayer meeting where they were praying, God, help Peter, get Peter out of there. Lord, save Peter. And she said, Peter's at the door. And they said, oh, you're crazy. (laughs) You're dreaming. But he kept knocking. So they went to the door, and sure enough, it's Peter. So you can't really say it was the faith of the church praying that sprung Peter out of prison. (laughs) Now, did the Lord love James more than he loved Peter? Herod stretched forth his hand and beheaded James. Could not God have also saved James from being beheaded? Yes, I'm sure he could. Why didn't he? I don't know. I do not know the mind of God. But there you have a case where the Lord did rescue Peter. Why? Because the Lord wasn't through with Peter yet. Later on, Peter was crucified upside down. Why didn't the Lord rescue him then? Did he lose faith as he grew older? No. It was just God's time for him to go. Now, one day, it's going to be God's time for us to go. And we do not know by what means God may choose to take us. But death is not defeat for the child of God. And we look at it entirely the wrong way. God loves us. God has given to us marvelous promises. God will sustain us. God will 
be with us. God will strengthen us. God will heal us. But there comes a time for each of us when the purposes of God have been accomplished within our lives and why should he leave us around this rotten place any longer? And he sees fit then to take us to our blessed reward with him in heaven. And that isn't defeat, that's victory. When the Lord chooses by whatever means to take us home. Now some people die sudden deaths. They appear to be in top physical condition, good health, and suddenly they are taken with a heart attack or in an accident. We cannot understand or know why God takes some in early childhood, some in early manhood, some in late years. When my father and brother were killed in my brother's plane, here my father was retired. We figured that he maybe would be around for another 10 years or so. He was in good health and still very active. My brother had a motorcycle shop and my dad had just taken up dirt bike riding. <laughs> and was really loving it. And he was just an active kind of a person. But we knew getting up at that age, you know, five, ten years, and, and that's going to be it. But my brother, tremendous athlete, in the prime of life at 24 years. And I could understand the Lord taking my dad. He's, you know, at that age, and you're going to go before too long now. But my brother at 24 years, why would you snuff out a life that's right here in the prime of health? And, and as so many people said, his whole life was before him. Well, what makes you think it isn't? But we cannot understand the ways of God. God said, my ways are not your ways. My ways are beyond your finding out. And it is only an exercise of futility to try to find the answers to the whys of God. Why did God? Why did God? And whenever a person prefaces a question to me, why does God? I just say, I don't know. I do not know the whys of God, nor will I allow myself to fall into the trap of seeking to understand the whys of God. Because so many people just more or less eat themselves up with the why does God, why did God, and they let that just eat them up. Rather than just accepting God did, and he knows best, and so I just commit it to God and his wisdom. This past week, 
I had two funeral services, one for a man who was 55 years old, in great shape, good health, had a massive coronary as he was coming down the ski slopes at Mammoth. What a way to go. <laughs> the other one was for a baby who lived for 19 hours. Why, God? You don't know. You'll never know. It's foolish to try to understand. So Joshua, though God loved him, he was a servant of God, a faithful servant of God, yet as he got older, he became feeble, and he was well stricken with years. The years weren't good to Joshua, though God loved him, and he was a true and faithful servant. So Loving God, serving God, believing in God, trusting God is no guarantee against the fact that you may be plagued with physical problems. Some of the dearest, sweetest, most faithful Christians I know have had tremendous health problems. And it doesn't mean that there's a lack of faith in their life. It doesn't mean that there's a lack of commitment and devotion. It may even mean that they have a deeper commitment and devotion that you wouldn't be able to take that kind of stuff. And God knows that your faith is so weak, he dares not to lay anything like that on you. You may be cursing him, but he knows that they have the depth and the quality that they can abide these things. Don't be so foolish as to think that a person is a second-rate child of God just because they have suffered some chronic illness in their life. And if only they followed some magic formula of positive confession or anything else that they could have been delivered from that particular ailment. It's hogwash. Some of the dearest saints of God endured horrible persecution and tortures and suffering and hardships. God knew they had that inner strength and fortitude to take it. I thank God that he has given me tremendous health. It's something that I, I thank God for all the time because I feel so good. And maybe I am one of those weak spiritual characters. God knows that he dare not let me be sick too long. I'd murmur and complain and, and, and groan about it. So he keeps me in good, strong physical condition so he doesn't have to listen to my murmuring and my moaning all the time. I don't know why God keeps me healthy. I thank him for it. But I pray that I would have enough grace to thank him even if I weren't so healthy. I pray that I'd have enough spiritual grace to give thanks unto God even if I had a weak, sickly body. But you cannot equate spirituality and physical health. 
You say, oh, but the scripture says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul doth prosper. You didn't know I knew that scripture, did you? <laughs> yes, I did know it was there. And that is John's personal little salutation to the excellent lady. Just as I would write to a friend and say, I trust that you'll stay healthy and prosper even as you are prospering spiritually. But it is not at all a declaration of God's purpose or will for a person's life. It is John's personal little greeting to the elect lady. You say, but then should we pray for the sick? You bet, because the scripture said pray for the sick. Shall we expect them to be healed? You bet, because the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. But yet, on the other hand, don't think that you're going to escape the aging processes. Don't think you're going to escape death unless the Lord raptures his church, which I think he is. So, but I mean, it's wrong for you to think that you have some kind of a divine immunity from problems from distresses, from physical sufferings, from accidents, or anything else. God does help us. God is good to us. And you'll never fully understand the wise of God. I've wrestled with the wise of God for years. Growing up in a home that was a home that was really spiritually tuned, extremely beautiful, godly mother, deeply committed dad, one of the greatest personal witnesses I've ever met for Jesus Christ, always witnessing to people. And, and I grew up in this neat kind of an environment of just believing and trusting in God and from the, from my birth, I can't remember a time when I didn't believe and trust in the Lord and love the Lord. And I can remember when I was a little guy going down the street on my bike and just worshiping the Lord. And I was just praying and I decided, well, I was always taught, you know, when you pray, you got to close your eyes. And I just wanted to pray <laughs> and worship the Lord. And I closed my eyes and I ran into a car. And I started wrestling with the wise of God. Why, God, did you let me run into the car? After all, I was praying. <laughs> when I'm so spiritual and praying, Lord, why weren't you watching over me? Your angels were supposed to keep me from that, Lord. What's gone wrong here, you know? Well, I discovered that God also, <laughs> like my little uh, granddaughter says, God gave me a boine and he wants me to use it. So we're not to become foolish or extreme and we're to leave the wise with God. Joshua was old and stricken in years. And so he called them together, the elders and the heads of the people, the judges, their officers. And he said, I am old and stricken with age. Joshua, that's a negative confession. That's terrible. You should never say that. 
What a horrible confession to make. <laughs> hey, no, it's just plain honest. Why can't I be honest? If I don't feel good, why can't I say I don't feel good? Why should I be dishonest and say, oh, I feel great if I'm feeling miserable? Oh, it doesn't hurt, and it's painting like everything. <laughs> Joshua was just plain honest. Folks, I'm old, I'm stricken with the ears. Well, it was probably obvious. He's probably leaning on his cane and could probably hardly see him, you know, just <laughs> straining. Just plain honesty. And he reminds them of God's goodness. You have seen all that the Lord your God hath done to the nations because of you, for the Lord your God has fought for you. And now I've divided the land by the lot. And the Lord your God shall expel the rest of the enemies from before you. So Joshua, the old man stricken with the ears, says, Be courageous and keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Don't turn aside from it to the right or to the left, that you might come among these nations that remain. Neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor swear by them, nor serve them, nor bow yourselves to them, but cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man has been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fights for you as he has promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. Else if you do any wise and go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them and go unto them, and they to you know of a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of those nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until ye perish from off the good land which the Lord has given unto you. So Joshua is giving them the charge. The charge included that of separation. To remain separate from these people, not to get involved in inner marriages and so forth. Not that God has separated races and is opposed today to an immixture of races. That's not at all what it is uh, saying or advocating. God was preserving a race in order that he might bring his son through this particular race. But it isn't that there today should be any kind of superior or inferior races of people. That is wrong, for in Christ he has made us all one whether we be Jews or Gentiles, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, Christ is all and in all. Today, new creatures in Christ Jesus. 
Now he said, Behold, I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and in your souls that not one good thing has failed of all of the things which the Lord has spoke concerning you. They've all come to pass, and not one thing has failed thereof. God has been true. God has been faithful to his promise. Therefore, it shall come to pass that as all the good things are come upon you, you can be sure that if you fail God and turn away from God, the evil things are also going to come upon you, the destruction and all that he promised. When you've transgressed from the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you've gone and served other gods and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from the land. So even as God has watched over you for good, he is declaring God will watch over you for evil. So cleave to the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord. We'll return with more of our in-depth study in the book of Joshua on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Joshua 23 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you in His love. And may your life be enriched daily as you study the Word and as you worship God in spirit and in truth. May your life in Christ grow, be enriched, and develop more and more day by day that you might come to that fullness that God would have you to experience the fullness of His grace and love towards you, walking in the Spirit, in the love of Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Gather the kids together because the Word for Today would like to present a kid's book by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Resurrection of Jesus. Each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck reading this story, featuring the voice talents of Skip Heitzig. But I will come back again on the third day. Greg Laurie. It's Jesus! Hi, Peter. Raul Reese. 
See, it's really Jesus. Yes. Cheryl Broderson. The stone was rolled away. The tomb is empty. And so many more. It's never too early to start reading to your children timeless biblical stories taught by Pastor Chuck. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org where you can order this book in print or as a digital download. Again, the number to call is 800-272-9673.